when we were going on missions, my commander was like, hey, just bring empty rucksacks. Don't bring sustainment gear or like items we might need. Fuck that, that's gay. Bring empty rucksacks. And we just brought a bunch of, we just filled them up with loot whenever we go somewhere. Welcome back to the Unreal Podcast. In its first, and in my wine drunk opinion, for most podcasts on transgressive fiction, internet culture, and everything from 4chan, that's actually good. And because of that, I have got an actual mercenary fighting for Ukraine on this podcast today. Welcome, Farva. Hello, and thank you for welcoming me. Yeah, he, he's been here at uh, Mallard Yorking stuff since, you know, at least the Dumbass. Since 2017. He's a war hipster. Yeah, we've also got Jalu here from, you know, the Bronze Age Mindset episode. He's come back because he was... Totally fascinated with this, like, one distance acquaintance of Farva. So we brought both on to see what happens when they discuss it. Without further ado, yes. coming on, guys. And, you know, as always, I'm L.A. Labashane, your host, author of two books, Drinker of Alcohol. And tonight, I am being joined by this lovely bottle of... Ah, shut up, I forgot to say. Give me a second. Got in the fridge. Oh, oh yeah. Give me a second at uh, all. I got Levitsky 1715. It's a cheap beer that costs a dollar and a half for a 1.45 liter. That's pretty good beer, man. Yeah, it's shit, but it's cheap, which means it's good. Yeah, that, that's how beer works. Is that expensive in Ukraine? Like one dollar uh, for a beer? Oh, it's mid-grade. There's cheaper beer. Cheaper than a dollar for six? Yes. There's cheap everything here, man. I'd like, I'd find more all for beer that cheap. Yeah, you, you should, everyone should come here. I, I keep telling them, everybody should come here. This country is great. The vices are low. The weather's great right now. The country breaks the weak and empowers the strong. It's great. It's cowboy country, but everything's cheap. That sounds good, man. Maybe once I've finished this bottle of uh, Boschendal Blanc de Noir 2021 vintage, I'll come over. It's a dry rosé I bought because all people like dry rosé. And, but I never got a chance to give it to the guy because he was Jewish. And contrary to like the belief of everyone fucking ever, kosher wine is a thing. And for a self-proclaimed non-observant Jew, he was pretty strict about this. So he gave me the bottle back. That's the same with Muslims here. And that's the same with, that's the same with my Muslim. He's, he's, he's not actually not observant. He's actually extremely fundamentalist. That's just why he's been on jihad for the last six years, because... You can drink and hire prostitutes if you're on jihad. But he does not eat, he does not eat pork because he doesn't fuck with the Allah, buddy. <laughs> That's what Muslims are like here. Yeah, my homies, the Muslims, they do everything except eat pork. Like, I will smoke, I will drink, I will fuck bitches, but pork, no. That's a step too far. Yeah, man. You don't want to fuck with the Allah. You don't want to fuck with the Allah. Well, you, well here's the thing, Jalu. You might think they're not also on jihad, but I've learned this. They are on jihad. They're, they're on Uzbek jihad. It's a slow, low-intensity jihad where, like, they work at a shawarma stand. And, like, they'll give you the shawarma, but it's overstuffed and too hot, so it, like, breaks apart in your hands and burns you a little bit. And, like, they're just, like, looking at you, eating your, eating your fucking shawarma as it, like, falls apart on the ground in your hands. And they're just laughing, like, hey, yes, infidel. You look like a retard. Jihad. You guys have shawarma there? In Ukraine? Yeah, they have, yeah, have shawarma here. Actually, last week I was at a shawarma stand, and it's the only instance I've ever seen of literal catcalling, where two, two uh, Ukrainian Beckys walked past, and the shawarma guy saw like, like, like he's talking to actual cats. Oh, man. They're everywhere. I like shawarma stands because like, they, they're the only like, fast food joints here that are not like gigantic chains, like McDonald's or like Burger King. They're the only ones who are still standing. McDonald's is a high-end joint here. Man, your recording about being called Craig is fucking me up. Because, L.A., you know about Craig. You know about me and Craig. Yeah, I know. No, tell us Craig, about Craig. Your arch nemesis who got you, like, extradited to Florida. No, no, no. How? You misunderstand. Okay, so my arch nemesis, Craig, is actually a guy... I fought with in, in Ukraine War One in Donbass. And, you know, he was, he was a character. He's a little crazy, a little fucking wacky, a little bit of a loose cannon magnum, they might say. 
outlaw man of peace. Anyway, mm -hmm. so this guy eventually tells me, hey, Farva, I happen to have just, you know, killed two people in South Florida. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, Craig. Just like you, just like you went to Columbia and fucking went to Detroit and sold 80% lowers to black people. Sure, Craig, I'm sure you did that. And then later I found out that his, uh, his cohort, his, his partner in crime, who I, we also fought with, what got arrested for, you know, murdering two people on South Florida. I'm like, oh, wait, man, they, they actually did do that. So long story short, I end up getting subpoenaed and totally having to travel to Florida to testify in a grand jury against old Mr. Craig, which little did the U.S. government know, I was planning on going back to the U.S. anyway. So I just got a free ticket from there. Like the, like the, uh, the courthouse bothered me like, hey, when are you going back to Ukraine? Because we totally agreed to, uh, to give you a round trip, right? I'm like, uh, later. I'll, I'll go later. Don't worry about it. So they just, they just paid my way back for free. And all I had to do was testify. Max Payer wins again. But isn't Craig actually back in Ukraine now as we speak? Yeah, he, he never left Ukraine. He, uh, well, never left. He left about the same time we did. Him, Sultan, the guy he murdered to with, and... Actually, Sleazy Brandon, who is my roommate, but he's normally my roommate. Yeah, this, this apartment I'm in is his, but he's currently in Germany getting his weird eye problem looked at. Those three went to Africa. We were like all the foreigners at the time. We were like, hey, let's go to Africa and do stuff. They end up getting arrested at the Kenyan border and getting put in the Kenyan piss jail. And that's where they went. But after that, they, those two, those three actually went back to the States. And they committed the murders. Craig get, got back here before they start getting arrested for that. And they end up, he ends up back here on house arrest. There's trials. There's publicly available trials of him on the line that are being translated, you know, between Ukraine and English the whole time because he doesn't speak Ukrainian despite living here for six years. And I talk a lot of shit for someone for whom that is also the case. But he's in Ukraine. He was on house arrest when this all started. Like, they would not give him a gun because he was on house arrest when they were giving every taxi driver a gun. Uh, but he ends up somehow getting off house arrest and getting put in charge of some, some wacky unit or another. And now I'm in the process of buying a, pri a private carry piece, a pistol, if you will, so I can, you know, defend myself for when Craig, because Craig knows I'm here now, for when Craig, you know, decides to close off that loose end and kill me after this is all over or before this is all over so this is insurance this is insurance this podcast is insurance so it can't kill you without people being like oh this is evidence yeah 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 i want it publicly known yeah and so i agreed to it unfortunately the guy i was trying to buy a gun from was georgian and like this whole time like i was like oh man maybe georgians aren't so bad this whole ukraine war too was like Maybe Jones said it's not bad. Like, I work with some Georgians against the Russians. I knew a Georgian who fucking popped two Chechens at like 1,200 fucking meters. Yeah, maybe I had the wrong idea. And then, boom, that Georgian gets arrested for stabbing two people. And now I can't buy a gun from him. Right. That's what it does. What are two people getting murdered in your life, man? A lot of, a lot of double homicides, but I think both of those people survived because, you know... He's Georgian. He's not good at anything, even murder. Why did he want to kill them? What, what was the reason? Is it just a thing Georgian reasons, man. I don't know. They, they, they said motherfucker in his presence, and all, all Georgians take motherfucker as a personal insult. I presume that. They might have just, like, I don't know, crossed the street with the wrong foot forward, and that's violating an ancient tribal tradition to the Georgian people, and he had to stab them for their honor. Sounds based. Yeah, Foma, tell me about that one time, you know, the black guy got stabbed. In Ukraine? Black guy got stabbed? You know, the, the, the black guy oh, got stabbed. Oh, this happened in New York, actually. This was, uh, this happened to, to Lviv Mike, not Trucker Mike, different Mike. That, uh, granted, Lviv Mike and Trucker Mike know the guy, know each other. And Trucker Mike is going to kill Lviv Mike someday and wear his skin and become him. But anyway. Lviv Mike was, sit, was in a bar in New York. He was sitting next to a black guy. He witnessed another black guy come in and stab the first black guy. And the first black guy was like, hey, yo, I'm dead. And collapsed dead. Right? Thus, hey, yo, has become just 
the thing all foreigners in Ukraine just instinctively say, just black person spied, hey, yo. That's pretty hardcore, man. Which, granted, is better than my unit's response to black person spotted. Did I, I told you about this, L.A. Yeah. Jalou, have you been informed of this? No, tell me. Tell the, tell the people. So this was like the second week of the war, right? Like, Kiev is under siege. Everyone's fucking paranoid about, like, infiltrators and shit. Especially Chechen infiltrators, because my unit had beef with Chechens. The beef being, we killed two of their guys. Yeah, double homicide again. It's, it's a running theme. And our, the beef on our side being that we got informed by our commander, the peanut butter man, that we had beef with Chechens now. So we said, okay, and killed two of their guys. Anyway, so we're all paranoid about Chechens. And we're just driving back from an op where we got shot at by artillery, flew some drones, and I presume did some stuff that was important and contributed to the war. I'm just assuming. Anyway, we're driving back from an op, and we just, in the, in the parking lot, like right next to the road, we just see... Some brown guy, some ambiguously brown guy sitting in a black SUV. My commander's like, Buzlakas, Buzlaska, Buzlaska, Bizdiets, Bizdiets, go, 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 die. And so the whole convoy stops, turns around, drives into the parking lot, and circles this dude. They, they're like popping out, they have guns on them. Commander pulls out, like, pulls out his fucking pistol. Yeah, yeah, flex on us, asshole. We know, we get it. You have a pistol, you're important, whatever. Anyway. Holds him at gunpoint. They finally get his passport. And then a moment later, they just quietly get back in the vans and roll away. I'm like, hey, that was all in Ukrainian. What, that was, what was that about? And uh, the, my commander's like, oh, it turns out he was a Pakistani journalist. <laughs> that guy didn't give no fucks, dude. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, we just had this beautiful moment of just brown person spotted. Go. Everyone knows Sessions are brown. These are the people. And therefore brown. I thought Sheshna was like white Sharia stood. It's, it's yes and no. They're, they're like, they're pale, but they're vis- they have like non-white features and are pale. Some of them can look pretty good, actually. I, I've told you about this. The, uh, right, right near my apartment is the Chechen date stuff. Well, he sells other oh, yeah. stuff too, but he sells dates. Yeah, you buy some dried fruit from the guy, it's like you want to fuck him. Yes, I have, I have a crush on this fine young Chechen lad who sells me dates, but I can't get a date from him. He was actually selling dates like the day the war started, like when it was in a mad chaos. He was, he was still selling dried fruit and whatnot. Anyway, I'm, I'm scared to ask a date for him because, you know, there's a lot of tall buildings around. Yeah. If he says no, he's going to say no hard. Yeah, I, I like you, Craig. I'm really seeing the upsides to this nation at war. Wait, you say dates like the the fruit or like you're trying I, to? Yeah, yes, I say I say the fruit like the dried figs. Oh, all right. Also, but also, I would like to fuck him. All right, you want a date with the date guy? Yes. I mean, it's better than the Moroccan, at least. Well, the Moroccan is in Russian custody, and I'm pretty sure is. Uh, he's actually due to be executed. Like all the all the foreign players are due to be executed. Which, yes, that's super a war crime. But like no one cares anymore. They they did Bucha. Like they don't give a fuck. Oof. So, so wait, didn't the uh, okay? Tell us about Ninja. I think that's important text for what happened with the Moroccan. Uh, the first time Ninja met the Moroccan, he, he was telling me about. It. He's like. Okay, this, this Moroccan boy, very young, very gay, I would rape him. Anyway, he did not buy me fried chicken. And I had, I had to convince, hold ninja, step back, step back. What was that? He's like, yes, he did not buy me fried chicken. He wanted me to help, want me to help him get into the army unit. And I said, give me tribute, give me fried chicken. And he said, no, because you have to give tribute to the Khan of Kiev. And I was like, no, Ninja, before that. Before, well, yeah, yeah, he's young, he's young, like 21. He thought it was completely natural to say you were pregnant. Fried chicken, that, that's the key to get into the Ukrainian army. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pay your tribute to the Khan of Kiev. Dude, before like all this nonsense with the Foreign Legion happened, it was like... I, 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 told, I told LA this before too. It, all the, all the, uh, the, the Donbass War veterans watching the Foreign Legion dudes show up, it's like the Byzantines 
having centuries of political intrigue between them and the uh, like the Seleucid Empire and shit, and the Sultanate of Rum, and then in blunder the fucking Crusaders for the First Crusade. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna kick some ass. Wait, why is the desert hot? They had no idea what they're getting into. They were not prepared for. Is there conflict between the old guard and the newcomers? Uh, not really, because the old guide of old guard avoid the newcomers like the plague because we don't want to be associated with them. And also, like, we're not joining the foreign legion. Like, we have no, we have no reason to. Everyone who's old guard like had contacts and like, had groups to join. Hmm. So, like, I'd speak to them as little as possible. You don't want to be associated with them because they're Reddit? Partially. And partially because, like, the Ukrainians will associate me with them. And like, oh, man. You must be a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to rag too hard on the guys. Because at the end of the day, they did... Yeah, they came here to, like, risk their lives for something they believed in. That's, that's ballsy. But, like, goddamn, you have to use a little bit of intelligence when you're doing this. You fight for money, right? Uh... <laughs> no. I'm supposed to be getting paid, but that's not happened yet. I've, this whole time, like the several times I've been to Ukraine oh, since 2017, mostly just fighting because I wanted some fucking trigger time. I, I like a little bit of a little bit of combat. So like, yeah, hey, it was great. You there just to fight then? It was yeah, it was fucking great. You could show up for a few months, pull some triggers, shoot some mortars, and like, hey, as we agreed, I was here for a few months. I got to go back to the U.S. and Go back to my job and make some money. And they're like, okay, see you. Next time, bring this a carton of cigarettes. Is that your vacation? You're like, you're, you're back in the office and you're like, yeah, man, let me yeah, tell you a story about vacations. <laughs> basically, I literally, like, when I was getting transferred, I was back in the US as working as a security. I was like, hey, we're transferring sites. So, like, give me a few months. I'm going to go fucking fight in Ukraine for a few months. We. Back, at the, back in the saddle when I get back. Like, okay, sure. I, I don't know why they agreed to that, but like, man, that company was a shit show too. But I Got to make do with what you got, I guess. I mean, when I was not in Ukraine, I was their best fucking employee. They kept like putting me up for security officer of the month. My, my secret is I show up. And that made me the security officer of the month. Uh, is Ukraine the only place you fought? Uh, yeah, actually. When I was in the U.S. Army, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go fight fucking Iraq. And like, hey, you know what we, you should do for you? You are going to a non-deportable fucking mech unit in Fort Bliss, Texas. And I was like, oh, great. So I was there for three years, and he said, hey, you want to be in this? I said, go fight in crap. Like, um, is the old guard, like, do you do you need to be a veteran to be there? And like the new guys, it's just like idealist volunteers for the most part. The, the old guard, I would say 92% veterans. They had some old, there were some guys that showed up with no real experience. And whether they, whether they were crazy would determine whether we broke them. Crazy would be like, hey, yeah, you can, you can go to this background. If they were decent people who just happened to be military for whatever reason, like, we would prefer military, but like, yeah, we can work with you. We'll get you to a unit that's not doing something too insane. <laughs> but, then the, but then the new guards show up, which, theoretically, they were supposed to be all military. Like, that's, that, was a, that was a requirement. Like, Ukraine said, hey, do not come here if you're not fucking combat. And a bunch of people said, eh, you don't need that. You don't need to have fought in a war, to fight in this war, fight in this war whatever. And then you get a bunch of, of weird ass with quad nods for some reason. How often have you deployed there? Uh, like, deployment is a strong word. It's, it's, no, it's, uh, I mean, like, you say you go back to the U.S. to work and make money, then you come back. Like, how often did you do that trip? I was here for several months in 2017. And then from the tw start of 2018 to the end of 2019, I was here. And then all of 2020, I was back in the U.S. Uh, this summer and spring of... 2021 i was back here and then i went back to the to the us and i was like after every time i was like, yeah that was great but i'm never going back to Ukraine. never go back to Ukraine. i'll tell them that every time i'm never going back to Ukraine. and then this this whole 
the big war kicked off. I'm like, eh, might as well go fucking see it through. And I'd feel like a shithead if I was there for, for the prelude, but it was not here. So I guess this is my fourth trip. You just couldn't miss the party, could you? <laughs> I mean, like, what kind of piece of shit would I be like? Oh, yeah, fun, Donbass, whatever. But like, oh, the actual main event's going on. Hey, what was I, what was I going to be doing? I was actually waiting on another job to start. When this, when this kicked off, it was going to be a job in, what was it, fucking Senegal or whatever? Yeah, it, was, it said it was going to be like Senegal, Mozambique, Africa. Some vague place in Western Africa. Are you married to this life? Are you going to keep going from war to war from now on? That would be my ideal state. But it's pretty fun, actually. You get to go to, a, to countries that are memes where laws don't exist. I have to, I mean that in the sense that you can do whatever you want. It's cowboy country, not in that I can just murder people when I have a win too. It's what I keep, I feel like I keep implying on it too. Say again? And the double homicides, that kind of made it a little obvious, you know? It, it, was, it was at no point me that was doing the double homicide. I mean, to my knowledge, I've killed 14 enemy combatants, but that's not homicide. Yeah, no, that's justifiable. Yeah. I don't kill homos here, all right? There's no homo side happening. Them things are valuable. There's not many of them. Aren't there many, like, uh, homos in the army? Uh, well, my unit was me, at the most, four other Americans, but usually just me and one other American, and then a bunch of Ukrainians, so no. They actually asked me if I'm gay. Which I said, hey, I'm not gay, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks. You know, bending the tooth a little bit. And they said, ha ha, you're so funny, fuck. We know you're straight. That is the unexpected response to that answer. I, I got good camouflage. What can I say? I'm, good at, I'm, good, I'm a people person. Have you ever been paid for being a mercenary? Or like, do you think you're going to get no, paid? No, man. It's, eventually, I'm supposed to get paid. But like, that's an eventual thing. Ninja's gotten paid for some fuck-ass reason. They paid him a bunch uh, of money just because he blew up a ship or whatever. Isn't there loot or something, at least? <laughs> you want to talk about loot? We, we, we got some stuff. Uh, we've, we've since drank it all, but we had tons of fancy liquor. We got, like, a bunch of TVs. Uh, at one point, like, w when we were going on missions, my commander was like, hey... Just bring empty rucksacks. Don't bring, don't bring sustainment gear or like items we might need. Fuck that. That's gay. Bring empty rucksacks. And we just brought a bunch of. We just filled them up with loot whenever we go somewhere. We we got like, at one point the unit got like six guns because we you know this was like a neighborhood we were fighting in a bunch of, that was by a bunch of corrupt cops. So we got like six different guns and like we actually have one of it. I know, I know LA was interesting to talk about the, uh, the, legendary, the legendary drop. It's a Ruger 10-22 with a suppressor that's somewhere in that part of the ship. Uh, that's American flag plant stock. We got that. We had like a bunch of like side-by-sides. One sawed off over-under for some reason. Wasn't it that one time you discovered this whole pile of salvage? I was just like boots and jackets, but no actual combatants. It's like they'd been raptured. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, was, that, was, that wasn't even that wasn't even like a military gear. That was like we went to the top of a of a building to fly a drone, and it was just like like the construction workers. Like we found like the the pants with the underwear inside, boots with the socks inside. Like it was just like a bunch of people had been raptured out of that building. I don't know if that's some super secret weapon one side or the other is deploying or what, but for some reason there were a bunch of uh, there were a bunch of empty clothes at that site. Okay, imagine there's a so there's the Russian soldiers who are like we need to prank these people. <laughs> well, that would, that would be surprising. Actually, that that site is both the site from where uh, the Georgians shot two people at two hundred. 1200 meters and it's also the site where me and me and sleazy brandon were at the bottom of it 
just chit-chatting about shit. And we were talking about, oh man, isn't it weird how all these Russian oligarchs have connections to Israel? And immediately, like, Taylor the first, that's ringing in on opposition exactly. We're like taking cover, like, we, we change subjects fast, right? A lot of weird shit happened at that, at that site. That's when we met the battle gnomes, actually. The what? The battle gnomes. Two twins, Marco and Levko, who were like four foot ten, both of them, spoke perfect English. And they were just like, oh, yeah, 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 we've been fighting. We were in the Carpathian siege, blah, blah, blah. But uh, our, our day jobs are like, we, they work for like, for like American PACs in Ukraine for some reason. And uh, one of them would work for the Democrats and one of them would work for the Republicans. So like they, like they, they had diff- their eggs in different baskets. Like typical, typical gnome shit, typical twin shit. One of them had a, a super long beard. One of them had a super short beard so you could tell them apart. The dwarves. The, the gnomes. The they're gnomes. They had, they're like, oh, yes, you are, you are American. Lovely, lovely, yes. They very, very gnomey voices. Yeah, you see, gnomes are, gnomes are crafty. Dwarves, dwarves aren't crafty. they just crafty. They're hardy. Marco and Lefko, they seemed, they seemed at least they were hardy, but they were, they were definitely crafty. They were crafty. So yeah, what other, crazy, what, what other crazy motherfuckers did you meet in Ukraine? We met tons of them. We met uh, Justin Bain of Cars. He, he's a Donbass vet. He's, we call him that because every time he gets drunk, a car will be served. He's an absolute Chad who will, like, we have never seen him meet a woman. And, then, and also... He's the half Chinese Puerto Rican who's currently serving in Azov. He's serving in Azov, and he's half what? Half Chinese Puerto Rican. How? <laughs> because Azov, everyone thinks they're Nazis just because you know, they say they're Nazis. That's actually a ploy on their part to get them to get to uh, like um, like American and Western European skinheads to send them money. <laughs> Or to come join them with a bunch of expensive gear that Azov then takes and then kicks them out. I've seen this happen. The, it's a honeypot. Like, it's basically a honey. They're, they're, it's a squeeze tactic. They're squeezing Western Nazis for their shit. Like there's maybe one Nazi in that whole organization. Actually, I knew one Nazi in right sector. He was like, because you know, I shave my head just habitually, just to, for a hygiene and habit thing. I want to be out in the field getting dusty. It's all getting dusty. Whatever. I'm kind of neurotic like that. Anyway, I get mistaken for Nazi a lot. This, this right, right sector Nazi was like, oh, yes, you. White power, yes? I was like, sure, white power, yeah. Anyway, that next day after that, he NDs and gets kicked out of the unit. Happens oh, to the best of us, I mean. I mean, no. grant, granted, he did ND into the clearing barrel, which is what that's for. So, like, if I was running the unit, I wouldn't have kicked him out. Shit happens. They can do some push-ups, whatever. But I'm not Da Vinci. I was, no, da Vinci was the guy in charge of that unit. Cool guy. Cool guy, Da Vinci. You might see him in the news, Kevin. He, All right. He's a cool guy. He, he, when, when the chips are down and stress is happening, when we're a time hack, he, he's, a, he's a yeller. He likes to yell and bark a lot. But that's just how it's his leadership style. He's not actually angry, actually. Cool guy, though. Anyway. Aside from Justin, uh, we got Ninja, Ninja the uh, the Kazakh jihadist I told you about, the yeah. short the shortcut chubby Kazakh jihadist who would he wanted to rape the very young very gay Moroccan. Uh, he's probably my best friend aside from L.A. Yes, yes, great guy. He's the kind of key if you have to bring him tribute. He was a fixer. Him and Sleazy Brandon were fixers. Sleazy Brandon being a guy from near San Francisco that ended up here and living here for since 2018. Another Donbass vet. There's other, there's other non-Donbass vets, but just the other pervs that lived here, like purchasing women, like before the war started. We had Lviv Mike, we had Trucker Mike, but he's a whole, he's a whole separate time. Tell, tell us about, tell us about Trucker, us about Mike, Trucker Mike. This is why I'm here. I, I got, dude, I got, I got a, we got to put a pin in Trucker Mike because we had there's this whole intrigue happening between Lviv Mike, between three different dudes named Aaron, one of which is, is codenamed Count Dooku. 
because he's just some super tall old Jewish guy who, as soon as the war started, he just he pressed his, his watch button and teleported back to Israel. Anyway, oh man, fucking, who was it? They were the sacred band of Lviv, who was a, a big muscular Greek guy, big, he was 5'6", but he was muscular. And his Romanian twink boyfriend, who he to- they totally weren't gay, even though they had one bed and talked about how much they hated women all the time and how much they loved their time in the Greek monastery, the Greek old monastery of Mount Testosteros or whatever. Uh, yeah, Mount <laughs> The sacred band of belief. <laughs> anyway, so Trucker Mike is, yes. a, is a magical man because he's, as the name implies, a trucker back in the U.S. But here's the thing. He doesn't seem to find it odd that he kills women. Just like, and you think that's the natural step. I like women, therefore I kill her. Like, so there's these women. There's this woman I saw. There's three women. It's always woman. He goes to the slipo to buy groceries, the silpo, so they can meet woman. So he comes to Ukraine to kill people, and then just hops on back to America to work some, and then he goes to his other vacation spots like Madagascar, Burma, Sri Lanka, the, the popular vacation spots. He doesn't kill in uh, in the U.S. I assume not. Well, they have actual forensics there, dude. Yeah, he he's never been caught, so that that would be. I mean, if I was a serial killer and, and I didn't want to get caught, I would just kill outside the U.S. in fake countries like Burma and Ukraine. Yeah, it's like I, I checked with this with my uncle, who's like one of the leading experts on serial murder in the planet, and he says, "Dude, you can just kill people. Why do you think they've never found a serial murderer in?" Africa, outside of South Africa. It's because the cops can't find these people. They can't find regular murderers. That too. Well, half the time they are regular murderers. That three. Well, granted, in the U.S. they are also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they care about their company. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a pride thing. So, Trucker Mike, did he have this, like, a complex about train stations? He did say that he, he, would, he would haunt the train stations watching the refugees. And at one point he complained that, his words, there's so many niggers here, man. It's, everywhere you look, there's so many fucking black people. And you know how they love train stations. Why? Why do they love train stations? I, I, I Your totally guess know is as good as mine. Your guess <laughs> is good as mine. Mean? What is the connection between black people and train stations? What did we don't know. Like me? <laughs> Literally, what did he mean by this? Oh, like the black people in Ukraine just like, hey, yo, a train station. <laughs> yo, train station. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> well, well they're, speaking, they're speaking Russian, so, hey, yo, Eta Vaxalna. Fuck if I know, man. But, like, do you have him, do you have his contact or something? Like, do you, does he call you up to tell you about the people he kills? Or do you just meet him occasionally somehow? I meet him occasionally, fucking. Uh, my guy Sleazy Brandon meets him. Like he, he calls him up and just rants at him like for hours about weird stuff. And you gotta like pick out the colonels. Like you've been talking about like his his sister's wedding or something. You just pick out the colonel. Oh wait, wait, he definitely killed someone there. You, got, you gotta pick up the hints. He, it's like Zodiac ciphered messages. Oh man, that's that's why I'm hoping Ukraine can recover from this. And go back to a country, like, get rid of all the Redditors, get rid of all the reconstruction aid workers, whatever. All, like, this country belongs, the expat community belongs to fucking perverts, weirdos, heroin addicts, and mercenaries. I hope they leave and it just belongs to people like Trucker Mike and Ninja. Once the war is done, you said Mozambique? Uh, maybe. It's somewhere DRC? in... It's supposedly the, uh, the initial thing is some sort of Golden Diamonds security operation thing. I don't know. The nin- ninja's handling that. I was like, oh, I'm working for some New Zealander who's based in Dubai on behalf of a Japanese man. His business partner is Congolese. This, this sounds normal to me. <laughs> this sounds very normal. <laughs> But yeah, it's going somewhere. 
Is Ukraine the hottest spot at the moment for mercenaries? Uh, uh, it's hard to say because normally we just know each other. Like, there's this this small community of people that know each other and give each other advice. It's a very tight knit. I say tight knit as if we don't all have each other, hate each other. But it's a very tight knit little little network. Yeah, expat communities are just like that. Do yeah, you always exactly. fight on the same side, like the, the, the network, or you're sometimes on the other side? Uh, everyone so far has been fighting in, in Ukraine on the, uh, on the Ukrainian side. There were, earlier in the war, there were a few people that went to the Russian side, but like, we just know them from them starting shit on Facebook. There's a guy called Russell Bentley who would talk to all sorts of shit on Facebook. About, oh yeah, fuck the Ukraine, I live in DPR now. DNR, DNR and LNR in terms. It means the same shit. Jeez. Yeah. Like, there's a few, but like, Westerners generally just fight for Ukraine because that's the side that won't get you arrested when you go back to the US. Oh, yeah, you try to on stay on the, on the good side of Uncle Sam in every war. Like, is that the thing? Yeah, I, that's, that's my main, like, because I know it's, a, yeah, it's, it's complex to suss out the morality of any war. You know, I'm pretty confident on the last but in general, in, in the absence of any other moral code, just stay on the side that will not arrest you when you go to visit your mom. Do you care about morals? Because, like, you're friends with Truck and Mike. Like, do you care? <laughs> it's a complicated question because, yes, I care about morals, but utter lack of morals is also very funny. <laughs> yes. Cannot argue with that. It's, it's weird because I'm like, I was sort of disgusted by murdering two innocent border as part of a wacky gun deal. But for some reason, when Trucker Mike does it, it's just funny. He owns it. He owns it. Yeah, it's a separate form of life. And yeah, like, when Craig did it, it was just to feed into his pathetic outlaw mercenary badass fantasy. When Trucker Mike does it, it's just because he doesn't realize you can talk to someone and then, and then not kill them. It's just his nature. <laughs> yes. It's just who he is as a person. You wouldn't blame a wolf for trying to eat you. Right. It's just, it's just natural. I mean, in, in a grand scale, that's like not really like I, it's the, even the Russian invasion. It's just what empires do. They expand and establish sovereignty and or suzerainty over senior polities for the sake of obtaining resources and political. Yeah, but I want to. Yeah, I don't begrudge him that. It's just, I find yeah. it annoying that they're saying it's a grand special operation to denazify Ukraine. But I also found yeah. it annoying when America said it was annoying, like, it's a grand operation to, to defend democracy in Afghanistan or whatever. Yeah, it's bullshit. Just, just say it's imperialism. Just say yeah. it's imperialism. Like, it's, you can say what it is morally, it's just what empires do. It's how the fucking world works. Yeah. No, but I think, you know, I, I want, like, I want Ukraine to win. You know why? Mm. Because I want the EU to do well, because the EU is important so that France and Germany don't go to war and we're in the middle of it. Like, before the EU, like, France and Germany were always competing for influence in Europe. So, like, like Luxembourg has a very specific national interest. It's just... Keep Germany and France friendly towards one another. Everything else is bullshit because, like, we're in the middle of France and Germany, you understand? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if these nations go to fucking have a conflict, we're in, we're in the middle of it. So, the whole history of our country was, like, being bomb-rushed by the French and the Germans. So, like, peace, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get that. Defend your national interests. I, people will bitch and complain about EU this, EU that. I don't care. I'm not in the European. I'm not in Europe, but in Western Europe, at least. They kind of don't. You care, care about so, America? I care about America. Fuck yeah! Are you doing this for the American national interest? You're like, we need to crush the Ruskies. <laughs> Mostly, I'm doing this because I like combat and loot. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but yeah, for your sake, I hope the EU does well. So Luxembourg does not get overrun by the Huns again. Yep, I hope you do well for this reason, too. <laughs> Here's the question for you, Jalou. 
What's the rough, what do you say the rough overall terrain of Luxembourg is? Forest. Forest and uh, grasslands. Yeah, and that's shitty. Because uh, on the south side, the, the country caught between France and Germany is Switzerland, and they have the Alps, and the whole country's ready to explode. You can't do that with Luxembourg. Yeah, you know, on the upside, you have Belgium. Yeah, fuck Belgium. It is France. It's like Scotland. They're just Englishmen in dresses. The only reason Luxembourg survived is because a city, like the capital, was a gigantic fucking fortress. That too. There's literally yeah. it. Here's the plan. Okay, here's the plan, Jalil. You relay this from me. Tell them it's from me so they'll listen. Tell this to the president of Luxembourg. You get these tunnels, right, running from every town into the capital, like train tunnels. They get all the train... So like when an emergency happens, everyone gets on the trains underground, tunnels into the capital. The rest of the country outside the fortress walls of the capital just blows up. Like Sweden, yeah. like Switzerland times three. Just the whole country blows up. The English destroyed the fortress. God damn, I hate the Anglos. I'd see them, I'd see, I'd see them invade that shit. The whole country exploded. No, 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 better plan. We, we have trains, right? Like, that's the plan. We get trains and, like, gigantic train stations, and then black people will come to us to fight for us because they like trains. Well, I'll tell you this, Jalou. I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> I'll tell you this. If Luxembourg is invaded by Germany, I will go and, and fight the Huns on your behalf, assuming I can be paid in loot. What do you have for loot there? Well, you have diamonds. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, you can pay me in diamonds. Show me where the diamonds are. Like, I would loot they're this. In big, they're big fucking warehouses somewhere, man. I, I part of the fun of Valid Jorke is figuring out where the diamonds are. <laughs> How it fun, is, man. Dude, How no fast? shit. Sorry, go on. How fast, like, uh, do the jewelry stores get looted when a war starts? Minutes. Literal minutes. That's the first place I would hit as soon as the first bomb dropped. Well, the first, as soon as the first bomb dropped, all the gun store owners immediately, like, gathered up all their merchandise and vanished, and they started working on the back of vans and stuff. And then the jewelry stores got robbed. I mean, yeah, you don't even have to, like, you don't even have to keep it. You just have to dig it somewhere and, like, hope you survive the war. Yeah. No shit, no shit. Uh, you're... Uh, LA, you were talking about half of Maladyorka, which means acquisitions, literally in, in Russian. But it just means looting. Half of Maladyorka is finding where the shit is. No shit, yes. those, the, uh, the American flag Ruger 1022, which is, again, is some sort of Fallout unique weapon. Yeah, it'll be on the thumbnail of this video. Yeah, that one is, uh, we, like, that corrupt cop's house. We were searching all throughout the different houses. That was the biggest one. That dude had no shit. That dude had a giant picture of himself hanging over his bedroom, his bed. Anyway. Why? No. Does he want to look at himself when he gets fucked? I don't know. He had a picture of him and his mistress next to the bed. Not his wife, because we saw pictures of his wife. He had a picture of him and his mistress next to the bed. Well, there you go. <laughs> so we have no guilt about robbing this dude, right? Anyway. We found this, this, uh, this gun and several other guns in a secret room, like a secret compartment in his house we had to dig up. Jeez. And, I mean, okay, I, I do feel kind of shitty about the fact that he had a couple of giant attack dogs, which, granted, he also left them there, but we lured them into one of his secret rooms and then just closed the door and wedged it shut with an exercise bike. And, like, we were going to let him out when we were leaving, but, like, the second we cracked that door, they like we saw gnashing teeth ramming through it, so we're like, just closed it back and left. So I, I assume they got out eventually. These well, yeah, dogs man. are dead. Look, every episode of the Unreal Podcast involves animal cruelty from now on. It's a it's a thing. Not only monkeys, you, your bloodlust has expanded to dogs now. Dude, they were like they were like 150 pounds of fur and teeth and, and muscle and sinew and presumably intestines. I'm not fucking with that. <laughs> this is your kill the dog moment. 
Dude, the cop should have taken them. He should have let <laughs> us loot his house in peace by not keeping his dog. What <laughs> in his house? My grandfather actually did that. Because, you know, in between being like an actual freedom fighter, on a lot of heroin. It's so it all blends together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He hopped a guy's fence and set his house on fire because he noticed the Rottweiler guard dog was in too small of a cage. So after committing arson, he releases the animal from a cage. He needed a lot more heroin after that. Ooh. Did it fall him? Yes. No good deeds got unpunished. See, that's why I didn't fucking let that dog out. God damn. Uh. Anyway, viewers at home, welcome to the dog murdering segment of our of our lighthearted podcast of fun. I mean, these are really more. <laughs> you let them die of starvation. You didn't even shoot them. <laughs> it's costing money. Well, they don't cost me money, but like, you don't get it. They ate each other. One of them won. That that's what you should know. True. Anyway, actually, I have a story. Right, tell me the story. Uh, it's actually about I got I got heroin Jeff. Heroin Jeff, of course. You, you'll never guess what we call him. That. Anyway, so he comes to Ukraine. He wants to buy a GF, as most foreigners that come here do. And so he hits up my guy Sleazy Brandon, like, "Hey, I want to buy a GF." And it doesn't work out. He he doesn't have any interest in the women that that Brandon offers him for sale. He said, eh, whatever. Anyway, where are the H at? So we contact our heroin guy, that being Justin. Uh, he gets heroin, and he's, he's straight up like, I guess it would have been like February the 20th. He goes into right. a heroin bender, and then he's just quiet, calm, chill. He, he, well, he's quiet. He's dead silent for like a week. So on February the 27th, when... He, he, he looks up, he wakes up, snaps awake, oh my god, hey, this dude's dropping out of the sky right next to me. Hey, Brandon, something's weird's going on. And he, he heroined his way through the first several days of the Russian invasion and was not aware of what's happening. When you come down and you're being invaded. <laughs> when you come down is, oh my god, there's Russian paratroopers outside my house. Oh, man. Okay, I, I, I had a week like that. Granted, it wasn't heroin, but yeah, communion wine will fuck you up, bro. What drugs are you into? Me? Yes. Uh, none, actually. My firm oh, belief you... is that my firm belief is that we should reform the prison system by releasing everyone who committed murder but probably wouldn't do it again. At least everyone who committed okay crimes, like, yeah, terrorism, drug, gun running, whatever. So, so our prison can have more room for stoners. You do you drink at least? Yeah, yeah, I drink. All right, I'm drinking literally right now at this at this moment. That's not drug. Like, what do the people in do you do the mercenaries do a lot of drugs? Like, is it all downers? Because you keep mentioning heroin. Are there people who are on uppers like Matt? Apparently so. Like, apparently the Nazis loved Matt. They were on Matt the entire war. Is that a thing? Does it make you fight better? Is that a meme? What's a meme? Is it a meme that taking Matt before battle makes you fight better? I think so. Aside from the occasional drink, I, I live mm. clean and healthy. Aside from also smoking heavily. That's good. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I eat beef and rice, or, or turkey and rice, every day, alternating until I die. I eat an occasional cucumber and orange to stay beef death. Super healthy. Yeah, you know, banana juice, healthy. Banana juice is super healthy. It's the, it's the flu of warrior class. <laughs> the warrior aristocracy only eats banana juice. <laughs> <laughs> the true warrior drinks banana juice. Sandora banana juice. Look, it's, it's like concrete, you know? Like I told you, it's like concrete. People doubt, like, oh my god, you can't turn banana into juice. And I'm like, Buddy, if they can turn concrete from solid to liquid and back to solid, then why can't we turn bananas from solid to liquid? Like, 
One question for the viewers who are looking to like get into your line of work. How do how does one do it? You just gotta meet a weird asshole on the internet. It'll help you get somewhere. That's how I got into it. <laughs> I guess. I'll I'll refer to you all to Ninja because he, that's his day job is being a fixer. But yeah, he like out I, back in twenty seventeen I Got out of the army. I, I was like, I was an electrician for like a month and I quit. I was like, oh my God, I want to kill myself. The worst thing I've ever done. I don't want to do normal job shit. So I just posted on Tumblr of all places. Hey man, I'm depressed. I want to go to Ukraine. And some guy hit me up. Hey, you want to come to Ukraine? And that turned out to be Dalton, who I've still never met in person. It turned out to be kind of a shitbag. But he's like, okay, I'm going to hit you up with my guy, Craig. And that's how I ended up in Ukraine. Tumblr? Like, there's a guy on Tumblr, like, let's get this team. Well, now the guy on Tumblr who has connections to Ukraine is me. But, is that, because Dalton, I'm pretty sure, is under arrest somewhere. You fish people on Tumblr to get them to fight in Ukraine? Hey, it works. Mike, 911's in Ukraine as we speak. Yeah, Luke, actually, Luke, uh, Luke was here for a few weeks and then left, which, this was not him, like, flaking out or pussying out. He said, I'm coming for a few weeks. And we said okay, and he came. Oh, but yeah, see, my buddy, my buddy Luke showed up and left. He, he was like a Tumblr celebrity back when Tumblr had a significant, violent right wing community. Yeah, great guy though. I'm not saying the poor man killed it, but the poor man definitely dealt death blow. It's kind of sad that the poor man could deal death blow to the right wing community. Well, there there is actually still there's just a bunch of boomers. Are they, are they all coomers? Did you guys hear that Nick got caught caught while watching a, a trans and fanboy porn? Who's Nick? Nick Fuentes. The Groypers. Not to be confused with my guy Ashley, who fought in Ukraine and also got caught watching watching trans and fanboy porn by <laughs> his Ukrainian unit. What's happened to him? <laughs> they kicked his they kicked his ass. <laughs> Oof. I knew a frappro who was caught for that. Yeah, they, they kicked his ass. They didn't let live it down for like... They, they still haven't let him down. The only thing that could balance it out is the fact that somebody said, Hey, you're a little darker than the rest of us. But you're not actually colored. You must oh, be a gypsy. Oh, oh, live it down. I thought you said let him down like he was on the flag. Why doesn't he do what real men do with his twunks? Well, the problem was he was the twink in the relationship. Ah, that's a sad you would think, oh, it's okay to fuck twins, but no. They're, they're basically women. Soft, feminine. You can't be soft and feminine getting out the soft and feminine shit like women and twinks. Twunks only. Are you of the school of thought of, it's not gay if you top? Is that the school of thought? <laughs> I like to keep my options open, horizontally speaking. But like, eh, in general. Do you meet any legionnaires? Are there any legionnaires there? Uh, I might be about to meet some legionnaires because literally tomorrow afternoon I'm heading over to Kharkiv for my units over there. We're moving over there. And oh, no, 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 I mean French Foreign Legion. Oh, French Foreign Legion. Actually, yes, both Sleazy Brandon and uh, Justin were briefly in the French Foreign Legion. Briefly? What happened? Why, why did they leave? Uh, they both decided it sucks. Because yeah, it's like full of West Africans and Czechs. And not like the cool ones. Brazilians? Brazilians are not West African. The entire NCO core of the, of the Legion is Slavs. Ah, uh, yes, Czechs. Close enough. But, uh, but also like Romanians and Ukrainians. Actually, when Romania joined the EU, every Romanian in the Legion instantly went civil, apparently. Huh. They just deserted all of them at once. Well, you can go civil at any time. You can say, hey, I'm done. Wait, you can just leave? Yes. You can just leave. What is this? Stormship troopers? You can just leave, man. If you get shot, you're a citizen. It's the punishment. Also, I appreciate your, your knowledge of Starship Troopers, the book. It's like service guarantee of citizenship, where you can leave at any time, but you have to stay a civilian forever. Basically. Actually, I don't know if you can re-enlist after having done civil. 
you you, you can re-enlist. Yeah. Oh. My my grandfather, the 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 one who was not the freedom fighter, did in fact attempt to join the French Foreign Legion several times. Oh. Did he also decide it sucks? Well, no. He has a long-standing fascination and appreciation with it to this day, largely because his wife forbade him from joining the French Foreign Legion. On a trip, he had engineered to get into the specific city in France where the recruitment is. It seems a pretty easy to engineer that trip. Yes, I hadn't figured out that he was trying to join the French Foreign Legion at the time. Hmm. So it was like this whole string of excuses. Oh, no, we're just going to look at it, you know, real military history of which I'm a professional amateur military historian. I'm going to check out the French Foreign Legion. And his wife had to, like, drag him out of the recruitment office as he was busy failing the interview. <laughs> which apparently is pretty hard. Like, there are extensive background checks or that they Google your name. Well, yeah, they get a ton of volunteers because, like... Uh... You get French citizenship. Yeah, and, and also, like, they don't have... They're a French government body. They don't have access to, like, criminal records in Germany. Because, of, because when uh, my boy Brandon was in the recruitment office doing his interview, he overheard a German doing his interview, like, Oh, do you have any legal problems? And he was like, Well, as there was this one time in Germany, sort of murder... Also, no legal problem. Hey, Julie, you should join the French Foreign Legion. Me? Yeah. Yeah, and then and then I can talk to Frosty when I'm done with my service to join him in Mozambique. Yeah, you'll have the skills to defend your homeland when the next Franco-Prussian War breaks out. God damn it! If the EU survives, <laughs> this won't happen. I'd sacrifice a million <laughs> trains for this. So tell me, Jalu. How much beef is there between France and Luxembourg? Right now, not so much because they helped us in the last war. Like the the beef was with the Germans, and now the EU, mm-hmm. everything is good. So we should be good. Should be. I mean, like I mean, Germany and France haven't been allied for a long time. It's like it could all change. That's true. Uh, there's actually, like, that's how I feel about France. Like, a lot of boomers hate France, and yeah, whatever, they're snobby. But, like, they did, like, they were, like, instrumental in helping us get our independence. So I guess you should probably. I, I, can't, I can't find it in my hub on myself to hate them entirely. Yeah. I mean, the food's good. I assume. I go there. I've been consistently disappointed by French wine, but the food's mm-hmm. good. Luxembourgish wine is better. I'll take your word for it. I'm not a huge, huge dreaded wine guy. <laughs> what kind of wines do they make in Luxembourg? Like, what, what wine would you recommend? Anything you can get from the Mosel. Like Remish. You go to like, it's by the river. Like, the, there's a river that separates us from Germany. They yeah. grow the best wine there. Like, anything right. you can get from there. Just go to okay. a vineyard and be like, can I buy some wine? And they're going to give you. Are we, are we talking white? Are we talking red? Are we talking sparkling? Anything. Anything you anything. want. Anything. Nice. I, I, I drink anything. Jalu, was there a difference between white and sparkling? Oh, no. I'm not a wine guy. I just drank the wine there and like because of national sentiment, you know? Drink one dollar beer in Ukraine. I don't know about wine. Jesus. Hey, you know, it's like Moldova's one redeeming feature, except it's not. They make wine there. Do they make? I don't. I, I never drank a product that was made in Moldova. I drank imports. Even the banana juice tasted kind of different. Moldova is one of the largest wine producers in Europe. But as my yeah. Moldovan friend tells me, never go to Chisinau. The nightlife <laughs> there is no nightlife. The women are ugly, and the wine is terrible. Dude, Chisinau, when I went through it, looked worse than Urban. By the end of the Western phase of the Russian invasion, urban being covered in broken glass and abandoned, and co- and like every building was smashed in, looked a little bit better than Chisinau. Talking about nightlife, uh, 
How is the nightlife in Ukraine? Is there any? Uh, well, right now there's a fucking curfew still. Jesus. But when when there's not a curfew, granted, kind of a meme, but all the Beckys are still elsewhere. Uh, but when there's not a curfew, like you know, back back when, it was a decent nightlife, sort of. It, it was like weird alcoholics that would not that would still be drinking at three a.m. Ah, it's it's Pretoria. Yeah, you'd have the occasional Becky who would still be drinking at three a.m. It's more for like go chatter up and let her let her ramble at you so she thinks you're a good listener. Not so much, hey, let's have fun and dance so you think I'm spontaneous or whatever. Hmm. If you're if you're in it for women, if you're in it for men, I don't know, go to the gym and just stare at people in the locker room. Is that is that how it's done? Is that how gay people do it? <laughs> Okay, watch William Friedkin's magnum opus, Cruising. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Here's how it's done. Among gay people everywhere. We pregame on absinthe. We put on our leather Nazi hats. We prowl around the park speaking in obscure slang. Trip on poppers and we stab each other. Yeah, the, the second one to pull their knife, they get to be the woman. Exactly. It's the mating dance of the game. <laughs> it's, the, it's the mating dance. Watch William Friedkin's Cruising. You'll get it. How big are you? Party size. What do you do? I go all the way. Show me the world. Hips your lips. But the handkerchief thing is still fucking me up. Because, I mean, I've seen people in, like, thrift stores with those handkerchiefs. <laughs> hey, thrift stores, like, that's the way you get the, the homies who are a little down on their luck. You know, you can, get, you can buy them a mid-grade meal and get a date out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's where you get your Nazi hats. Yeah. You don't make them shits anymore. It's just passing down a cigarette legacy. Yeah, you yeah, know. That's what's wrong with gays nowadays. People think, oh, it's all the fan fiction and all the, the K-pop. No, it's, they don't have leather Nazi hats. I mean, I, I've never met a, a gay guy in, in Pretoria who owned a hat. It's because well, it's too hard. It's leather, it's too hot. <laughs> I mean, I'm even talking about a leather hat. People wear, like, baseball caps here. Oh, yeah. None of that. Well, the, the, the leather Nazi hat is essential to the community. When there are no leather Nazi hats or stabbings, the community will falter and fail. And fall prey to the depredations of women. Bob says the Nazi party started as a as a gay rights movement in a basement in Munich. What is your opinion on this? I mean, they did have a weird thing with cross-dressing. Just a meme, bro. <laughs> that's what they do nowadays. Meme. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> that's what they do nowadays. Oh, I'm dressing up as a woman as a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, and they've given up the whole Holocaust angle. It's just, just full-on cross-dressing now. Yeah. Fanboys are the worst. Nazis, like, they're the most right-wing. I don't know why. <laughs> Some well, reason. Look, if you can cross-dress convincingly, why would you not join the organization founded around cross-dressing militantly? Yeah. There's a theory that they're the worst because they see being penetrated as a social slight, so they need to take it out on people <laughs> outside of the bedroom. <laughs> People, people fuck me in the ass. Let's. That's logic. Oh, and people no. fuck me in the ass because I was dressed as a woman. So let's. Speaking of the Holocaust, that's just the, that's just the advice I give people. Like, a foreigner comes here to buy a GF. Like, oh man, what should I say to her? Should I tell her about my job in the U.S.? Should I talk to her about Bionicles lore and professional wrestling? Wish I was making that up. Anyway, I'm like, no. Here's what you do. You walk up to her. You. The Holocaust. These are the moves. These are the moves. I mean, little do they know, like, on, on the business end, on the old guard's end, how we help them get girlfriends, is we approach the woman and say, you see that fat loser over there? He wants to spend money on you. So, like, he'll say anything. And Ukrainian Becky will be like, ah, you're so funny, rich Western man. Please, let's go somewhere expensive. And you can tell me all about it. Oh, man. When you say buy a girlfriend, like, it's just prostitutes? Or, like, is this, like, sex trafficking? It's, it's, 
it's it's like spending money on you know some some Becky to get her money. It's not trash. Yeah, I mean, we, we we do that in South Africa too. Like legally, if you do not pay the woman the agreed amount, it's rape. So you know, huh. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's I'm saying by weekly. It's not it's not prostitution or or human trafficking. It's like you, know, you pay a fee to the people who will help you get a girl. Oh yeah, we didn't talk any politics. Like, who's gonna win the war? Like, what is your opinion? Uh, well, they were trying to win the entire country, and then everyone in in like Urban and the area around it fucked those dudes up, and they gave up about gave up from trying to get to Kiev. So now they're just trying to get into Donbas and trying to conquer parts of Donbas, which is funny because. They de facto. They already in Donbass. They de facto own those areas. Yes. So this is. They are now officially worse off than if they had done nothing. But, I mean, worst case, they get like they hold on to Mariupol and the areas around it. Did you fight in Kiev? The Battle of Kiev. Uh, I I don't even know what they're calling the Battle of Kiev. Closest I get to watching the news is like. I saw some of those kings and generals videos about it, in between their videos about Mongol history. Anyway, but yeah, I was, I was fighting parts of Kiev, parts of uh, Urban. Urban was our big thing. That was our big white whale. We would have moved on to Bucha, but you know, they, they fucking left. I was actually, not only were we on a mission, I was on guard duty when they said, oh yeah, they're pulling out completely out of the West. We hadn't seen since, we had, we had bumped into some Chechens earlier that fucking day. And then it was like 2 a.m. on the 1st of April. Uh, I was just on guard duty. And my, and my man Dobri, who, Dobri is a whole other can of worms. Old Dobri was like, Whatever. Russians go, go east. Russians go from Kiev. So yeah, I was there. Fair enough. And I think. You know, that's the note we'll end it, because if we talk longer, not only will the algorithm take this video down, but they're going to add some very interesting things to our files. Yeah, yeah. So as always, I mean, guys, thanks for coming on. Farber, thanks for sharing. Uh, I'm going to call those insights. I'm not sure if there's uh, another word for them. You're welcome for sharing probably a little too much towards the end there. Oh, man. <laughs> it's nice meeting you, Jalu. Nice meeting you, Frosty. Like, if my life goes to shit, yeah. I'm gonna give you a call, like, hey, hook me up with the job. I have nothing left to live for. <laughs> and if nothing else, you can help us squeeze pervert losers here in Kiev. Sounds like the dream. Hey, man. It's a dream. Spreading peace worldwide. Peaceful tourism. Oh, yeah. Peaceful tourism. I mean, if you win the war, you build peace, right? Like ending wars, just so you you bring peace. Yeah, totally. Sure, sure. I'll drink to that. Yeah, that's it for this day's episode of the Unreal Podcast. The inmates' first and foremost podcast on you know what this is about. You heard the intro. As always, I've been La Labashane, and until next time, let's do a little tourism. I may have gone too far in a few places. 